have very little of that left. I had a lot of that in when I started and for years I had a lot of that, but that's one of the things that led me to the dead space that I entered for an entire year. It's the fact that I was trying to help every underdog and I felt like everyone deserved time and help and resources. And one of the biggest learning factors that happened over that year is that I cannot want it more than they do. I cannot transfer the fire that I felt that grew me to who I am into someone else. And Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today I get to interview Shelby Johnson. This is so exciting to me because I've had probably 10 guests tell me, hey, look, you've got to interview Shelby Johnson. So we finally got it on the calendar day. I'm so fired up. She's got the Pints and Properties podcast. She's focused on agents and community and investing into big things. Today, we're going to talk a lot about what happens when you become successful in business and then realize maybe it's not exactly what you want. We're going to talk about identity crisis. We're going to talk about yeah. how to grow things and do amazing things. Shelby, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Take us into it, like, give us a little bit of a snapshot of your success and what led you to kind of this, like, soul-searching part of your journey. Yeah, dude, oh my gosh. Um, okay, so I was in the Army for six years. I got out in 2018 to pursue real estate full-time, originally as an investor, but got my license as a means to generate active income to fuel my passive. Um, did really well out the gate, was Keller Williams Rookie of the Year for all of North and South Carolina on the agent side. I closed 48 deals that first year and put almost all of my commissions back into acquiring 16 units by the end of that first year. And then fast forward, within the first three years, I had um, acquired 74 rentals through a variety of different strategies and built like the Five Pillars traditional real estate team, Gary Keller, millionaire real estate agent model. And after doing that, uh, I didn't want to acquire anymore. I, I took, like the market had changed, a bunch of different reasons. Yeah, there's so many different yeah. reasons. Okay, so when you're starting out and you're like, I want a thousand doors, um, all that is fucking bullshit. You know, like it's all of those are like ego, like vanity metrics of like wanting to say that you own a bunch of property. Wherein what I learned over experience is like, it's not the number of doors, it is the value they bring in regard to like the lifestyle you want. Um, and, and so I acquired a lot quickly. Um, and I had within that, which I, during the peak, I sold off some, I sold off the ones that were, you know, like a C minus, um, like D zone property. And it really, the timing worked out really well because like, you know, the peak was when I was like going through this, like less is more type of thing. And I did this like giant scrub and optimized everything I had with like refinances and like cutting expenses and like digging in deep instead of acquiring more. Um, but all that to say, it's like more is not better. It's, it's all about the lifestyle it brings. So that's why I stopped acquiring. Yeah. 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 So basically what you found is, you, I mean, in the market, kind of like living the dream, right? It's like, here's the model. You just did the model and all of a sudden it wasn't working for you. So was it, like just too much? Like, was it too many working hours? Like, what do you think led to that crisis? Um, are you, you're talking about the investment or are you talking about the change in the agent side? We're doing investments right now. There are a yeah, lot yeah, of changes. So like, <laughs> like, like all these units, 74 units, right? And all of a sudden you're yeah. like, this is not working. Was it just like number of hours? Was it just like, I just don't like this type of task? Um, it was more of 
the realization that like certain properties will suck even if they look great on paper the reality is they'll suck your time and they'll suck your money that's one thing too that i don't think enough people talk about is that the cash flow on paper even when you do what you're supposed to do which Honestly, most people on Instagram, when they're like, it cash flows like $1,000 per door. I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Um, But even when you do run the numbers with all of the vacancy and maintenance and capital expenditures and like all of the little fees that add up, the annual termite inspection, the annual HVAC inspection, screen cleaning, like like all that shit, like um, it's just a lot more than you ever think it's going to be. And that's yeah. on the good properties. So like add the bad properties into that. And then it's just like, yeah. Does that make sense-ish? And you you said early on, <laughs> you sold your C&D properties, right? It, it, it wasn't like, so this, the allure of the C&D properties, you're going to make all this cash flow, but those yep. are the ones you're selling. So obviously, like you said, that's bullshit, right? That's that's not really making it money. It is bullshit. Yeah. It's, and it's so tempting. It's just like, you know, anything, the shiny object is tempting or the D property, like going into it, I, I bought it with a partner. Both of us were like, you know, we're, you know, probably not fucking supposed to do this. <laughs> and then we're like, no, it won't happen to us. Um, so yeah, I would, one of those things is, is beware the D class properties, unless you're going to change the entire neighborhood. Like you can't just go in and renovate a couple units and change the neighborhood because, you know, the A and the B class or even the C class tenants don't want to live in the neighborhood of the D class. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're basically going through a natural progression of like, all right, let's make a lot of units. Let's make a lot of money. Then all of a sudden, yeah. oh, this is a lot of headache. It's a lot of problem. Now you're scaling out, right? So, so you're selling off that. And is it at that time where you start to think about, you know, really going hard on agency and podcasts? Like take us through that journey. Yeah. Um, this was like literally all of 2022 and even half of 2021 was like a very big shift for me from the the acquisitions and from building out the traditional team like Gary Keller millionaire real estate agent model with high splits high leverage high overhead high responsibility all that stuff and then um like changing that to thinking about like what brings me the most energy and building my life around what I want my life to be and not what I think it should be based on the internet or paths before me. How easy of a decision is that? I mean, you, you got a lot of success. I mean, you've been on, you know, the internet, like you're obviously getting a lot of exposure. Like, was that an easy decision to kind of change your identity or was that a hard decision? Dude, it was super hard. And it was, it was super weird because at that point I was also getting still increasingly um, more attention over time, you know, the more success you have. And especially if you're loud about it on the internet and on podcasts, you just get more attention. So it was really hard for me because I was going through this like internal struggle and all the time, the only thing people wanted to talk to me about was, you know, I'm a new investor getting started or I'm a new agent getting started. And so it was like really strange for me to go online or to events and just know that internally, I did not match the external persona that I had built for myself. Super hard. So it sounds like you're very similar to me where it's like you live completely in the now, right? In the sense that like you're, all your energy, all your focus is in what you're doing now. And so it's like when you're shifting from an identity, it's like that identity is almost gone, right? Is that, is that true for you? Dude, I almost like literally like shut down my Instagram, like moved to a different country. Like I almost like fucking, yes. So to answer your question, yes. Yeah. 
All right. So like, take me in, like it's, it was a hard transition, but was it like dark night of the soul? Like really take me into this. Like, I know there's probably a lot of people that have built some success that are like, I just don't like what I built. Right. So like walk me through that journey of like, what were the thought processes? What were the thought patterns? How did you overcome it? Have you made the right decision? Like, do you still, are you glad that you made this decision? Dude, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. But I was really fortunate in the fact that I was able to shut down the pieces that I didn't like and double down on the pieces that I did. So it's not like, I think it would have been a lot harder if I actually closed the door entirely and stepped away from real estate because there's this terror. It's like, dude, I just like blood, sweat and tears for years to build this and just to like completely shut it down and walk away. So that was one of the factors when I was considering what to do that I was like, I want to be able to like take all of these resources, the tools, the systems, the products, like I'm really big on that shit um, and be able to still use them in a way and give them to the people who I wanted to be around. That was one of my other main factors in like making the decision. It's like in building what I have, this is more really on the agent side than the investor side, but um, what I was attracting were the people who wanted the traditional team. And generally the people who are attracted generally are two types of people. They're brand new and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And the, the, you know, the fail rate is 87% by year two. Um, or through the people who want handouts, right? They're like, I don't really want to do all of the work. I don't want to build it. So like fucking feed me and also feed me more. And I want more and I want more and you're not doing enough, you know? And, and I looked around and I was like, dude, when we started this, like it was like a total startup, like hustler environment, like go fucking go. Like the energy was so high. And I looked around and I was like, this is not what I want to spend my time around or doing. And it was just completely draining. So the cool thing was though, is that after, you know, talking to a lot of my, my peers and like the people who I hold in high regard, we came up with this plan that if we shifted the model away from the traditional team, kept all of the systems and allowed to give them out for free with no splits, we could attract the people who would use them to build their own empires. And then you get the real volume. So let's talk about like the actual marketing process and the thought behind that. Like how, yeah. how were you able to market and find the empire builders versus the uh, bottom feeders? Yeah. Um, so a lot of that comes from that online presence. Like so much of it does. And, and it's so much easier if you can continually like put out who you are into the universe and let people pre-screen and then say, oh, like this is my fucking human instead of like, you know, doing the traditional kind of like cold. And then there's like this whole screening process. Oh, and then I also have to sell you on myself. Like the opposite. It's like, they already know me, you know, and the energy. And so, so a lot of that has been online and then leading into the podcast. That's why we started a podcast too. hundred percent. So basically your presence online now, because you're being your authentic self is attracting badasses that are high energy wanting to go for it. Online and also meetups, which we talked about Pints and Properties a little bit too, but yes. So take me into Pints and Properties. Like, give me the full backstory. Give me the strategy, like the strategy, the vision. Oh my gosh, it's evolved so much. But yeah, so Pints and Properties is a real estate investors meetup. And then the podcast is separate. Um, okay. I don't. Yeah. Okay. So Pints and Properties, I created it in 2018, my first year as an agent, because I wanted to talk about investor things. And I didn't have anyone to talk about. Like bigger pockets existed, but we didn't have like, I, I just feel like it wasn't as much 
then as it is now. And so started a meetup and threw in pints, which is beer, because I figured people might want to hang out with me if they have a beer in their hand. Uh, (laughs) And just, um, yeah, consistently did this in 2018 through the present. That was originally started in Fayetteville, North Carolina. That was the market I was in originally. And if you do anything consistently, and if you are able to make it look fucking cool on the internet, people will come. And then other people will be like, yo, that looks cool. Can I start one in my city? And now we have, you know, 22 different cities. Like, I think it's like 12 states nationwide doing this. So that was kind of the creation story. Awesome. And so now that you've kind of shifted identity away from investing a little bit, like, like what place does that hold for you now? Yeah. Um, are you talking about pints and properties? What place that holds for me? Okay. Still, still really near and dear to my heart. Um, in a different way though. So like when I started, it was like, I want people to talk to also super helpful with clients, by the way, I've closed a ton of deals off of pints and properties and like connections and all that shit. Um, but what it is now is much more of a place to attract those type of people who are interested in investing or real estate in general who are taking action to learn better themselves, put themselves out there. And I've found a lot of people within, you know, preferred vendors, within agents in the community, like badass investors, friends. Um, So really it's just like turned into a hub for attracting amazing people. Yeah. And so for investors, like is the attraction for them to become clients of your, of your brokerage? Is it like what, like, how does that work? Yeah, for investors, it's, we always educate. So we start out with some sort of speaker and it's generally investor related. So they come for the education and then they stay for the collaboration afterwards with the beer in hand and like, you know, um, learning from other people. But 100% yes, it is also for leads for the agents. Of course, there's a sign-in sheet and it's like, you know, where you look what do you need in your business? Um, or where are you looking to invest? Do you already have an agent? That sort of thing. Yeah. So. And so you have an amazing personality. Your speaker. Thank like, you. Do you, have to get oh them, do you have to get them <laughs> to that level too? Like how many drinks does it typically take your speakers to get like, like what sort of requirements are there on personality on, on stage? You know, it's so funny. Someone asked me that yesterday. They're like, what's the requirement for hosts and what's the requirement for speakers? Because If you look like literally, if you just go to the Pints and Properties page, like all the events are like fun. People are having like, you know, and it's, and it's so funny that I have not had a like hardcore screening process for hosts. And yet again, I think it's the attraction model. They're like, oh, I am that. Therefore this would be a good fit. Um, And for the speakers, the, I think the same thing rings true. Um, Whereas like the hosts will ask the people who bring the energy and I've had zero difficulty getting to a yes. Um, people in other meetups will be like, how do you get these speakers? And I'm like, dude, I fucking ask them. What do you like? And then they, you know, the right personalities are going to want to share and bring the energy anyway. Yeah. And they get to see the videos. They get to see it. Like, and so if, if they know, Hey, I cannot produce this. They just self-select. It sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so take us deeper into the podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the, the podcast, um, Originally, it started out with myself and Ali Garced just talking about um, learning more from all of the killers out there and presenting a way 
to speak to all of them. Because this is also something I was literally talking about yesterday where it's like, yo, if someone hits me up and they like email me and they're like, yo, Shelby, can we like go to coffee or like, can we hop on a call to talk? I'm like, fuck no. (laughs) Which sounds so bad, but it's only from years of like pouring energy into people and then doing absolutely... Right. They don't do fucking anything with it. So I'm like, no, I, I protect myself. But, you know, if someone has a podcast and they're like, yo, do you want to be on my podcast? That's like a totally different story. You know what I mean? So like thinking about like talking to the killers, figuring out how they're building their businesses, getting best practices for our community. Also opening the door to have conversations with like really fucking cool people who might otherwise not want to. Um, those were like the driving forces behind. And it's also been really cool because our community now is, as of today, 125 people nationwide. Um, and so it's really cool because we were interviewing badasses within our community. So it like helps people understand each other on a more deep level, in addition to our collaboration that we do and our retreats and all the training and shit like that. So. And so it's a multi-pronged approach. I mean, you're benefiting yep. your community, et cetera, et cetera. Like I love when business ideas converge on multiple, you know, benefits. Same. So talk to me about <laughs> your passion now versus your passion pre-crisis. Like uh, take me through like, what is it today versus before? It's so, God, and it sounds so like fucking like woo-woo, but like before it was all like um, build, grow, like take over the world, numbers, ego, like highly competitive and and I am all those things still like at my core I'm just much more aware of them and I you can see the drive yeah (laughs) but I I don't let them run me the way that I used to and and now I'm much more aware of how I feel after speaking to someone you know what my energy is like after going to an event or having a conversation or working on a project like I pay attention to that. And if it's positive, if it brings me energy, I work it into my world. And if it drains me, like I fucking am quick to cut, whether it's cut it out of my life entirely or whether put a piece of automation leverage a system in place. So that way I don't have to go through that again. And so my life is much more, I don't know. Does that make sense? Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and got an inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you wanna get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us, and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. So you come home at the end of the day, 
yeah. how do you feel today versus how do you feel at the end of the day before? Um, it depends on the day. Because this is all, just like everything else, a work in progress. I'm like not saying like I have it all f- fucking figured out. I'm like doing a little better every day. You know what I mean? Trying and, and working on it. Um, but I do have way more, um, I would say clarity about the fact that I'm on a track that I should be as opposed to before I would just put the blinders on and put my head down and just fucking crank it out, which is fine. There's a time and a place for that. Like I don't regret those years at all. Cause I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't have what I do, but I just, yeah. I, it's a choice that that's not the person that I want to be anymore. Love it. What you're saying kind of reminds me, I, I did a podcast episode with Annie and she describes success is optimized daily experience sustained over time. Love like, that. Would that sound like kind of what, what you're on as far as your Hell mentioning? yeah. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yes. Annie, go Annie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so let's talk about like, I mean, I, I, I see, you know, pictures of you on social media. I mean, you're, you're like doing these amazing trips and adventures. Like what, like beyond real estate, what uh, does it for you? Yeah, it depends. I'm, I'm, I love structure, but I also love variety. And so it's like this, this balance between the two. Um, love going on trips, love going on adventures, international or not, just hop in the car and like go to the mountains, whatever it may be. Um, but I also love coming back and I thrive when I have the right sleep patterns, when I wake up early and I do Miracle Morning and I hit fucking CrossFit hard and I have my meals all prepped and I'm eating all what I should be. Then I just feel like so good. Um, so I guess there's no set. It's just, it's just managing like the pendulum swing of where I, what I need for myself. Love it. So, I mean, as far as nutrition, that's obviously structure is better. Like if we kind of walk through the different areas of your life, what areas of your life are structured and what areas of your life are, are not structured? (laughs) If you ask the people close to me, they're going to say that all of areas of my life are structured. Um, I'm just like very naturally inclined to, put everything into some sort of system like calendar, or I live on notion and I have like my different, all of my different ideas. And then you can expand on all of them and like notes and toggles and all the things. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that all of my areas are structured. Okay. Um, and then, so you're even structured than in your planning. Of in your my play. Or- yes. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like even playtime is structured. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, yeah. awesome. All right. So let's talk about maybe the positive impact of the first part of your journey, right? I mean, like you obviously bought 74 properties, you sold some of them off, but I'm assuming you had some degree, if not full financial independence from that before you went on this side of the journey. Is that, is that fair to say? Yes, it's fair to say. And it depends. That's one of the things too, when people are like financial freedom, I'm like, you really don't need that much to live. You know what I mean? So that's one of those things too. Yeah. Fucking definitely financial, financially free. But am I aiming to have more? Absolutely. <laughs> you know? So like if you had to advise somebody that's kind of feeling maybe the way you felt a few years ago, but maybe they, they aren't at the level of success you were at, like when's the right time to start doing what you did? Like, do you, should somebody just keep grinding a little bit more to get to a more comfortable level of financial freedom before they make a shift? Or would you recommend they do it earlier? Um, it's so dependent on the person, their situation, their personality, like how actually dead they are from it, or if they've still got it, if they've still got enough fire to keep going. 
um, if we're saying based on my personality, like I wouldn't change it yeah. at all. Um, and it was, I mean, busted my ass for years. Like looking at you, I, I have a feeling like, you know, where it's like you wake up at fucking four and you work all day until you, your brain like literally shuts off. And then you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm literally time to crash now. Yeah, time to crash now. And then you just fucking do it all over again. Like that was life on weekends, on holidays. Like I would be, you know, Christmas time with my family and I'd still be up working. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, when yeah. I hear you completely, because while you're doing that, you're having team members, right? That are not doing that. And then like you get them to 30 transactions or 40 transactions a year. And then they want their split to go from whatever it is Bro. to 90% or 100%, yes. all that kind of stuff. And you're like, wait, wait, like you were at five transactions before we met. Now you're at 30 or 40. Like, like, so like, I hear you. How dead yes. were you inside when you made the transition? Um, I was very dead inside more so than I allowed myself to realize because I was still in the habit of just grinding it out every single day. Um, but I, I'm naturally an extrovert, but I knew how dead I was because I couldn't even like fathom the idea of like picking up the phone and talking to someone or meeting some from a car. Like I was so dead that I was such a hermit. And if you look back on my socials, like there was an entire year where I probably posted maybe like a total of six times in the entire year, just cause I couldn't summon the, the energy. So I, I would say I was pretty dead. Have you, have so you, you been through was that? Do you know about the death that I'm talking about? Oh, like, <laughs> ever. like, and I love the way that you're framing it. Cause I don't know that I've, I've thought about it in that way. It's like, you're talking about your greatest gifts as an extrovert. Like we're, we're, we're they were falling away from you. Right. Because of that. So what, like you talk about bullshit, right? Like what are some of the current cliches that people promote that led to where you were at today? Like, like as an example, right? Yes, like, please. like someone talking about like, <laughs> Like basically you, you don't do what you love. You do what it takes, right? Like right. amateurs, yeah. like amateurs, you know, do what they love. Professionals do what it takes. Right. So like, like think about those types of cliches. Are there any of those that you live by that you think led to a place of feeling dead? Um, you're talking about like the hustle culture about how, culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of them. Uh, so they don't come to mind right away, but if I look back on like my Instagram, I used to post that shit all the time. Like in like 2018, 2019, I'd be like, you know, pain is just weakness leaving the body or like, right. you know, like all of this shit, which I was also, I was a competitive gymnast and I was, um, my dad was a ranger infantry, like 24 years in the army, like very, uh, competitive, you know, and still, so like I grew up that way. Um, but yeah, I guess. Dude, it's so hard though, because I'm like, would I change it? No, I don't know. Well, you see the people that are only woo woo, right? And it's like, they don't do Jack, right? They're just like oh living God. in the land of their own feelings and nothing yeah. happens. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're just always seeking the next thing that feels good. Right. And so like, now that you've probably lived to some degree on both sides, like what would be the optimal solution for you as far as being productive and being happy? Yeah. Um, again, it depends on the stage in your life. Um, but so you're talking about for me, like right now, yeah, yeah, it's, it's 100% not super woo woo. Like I, I mentioned that a little bit, but like, for those who know me too, I'm still like probably 80% fucking that shit crazy girl with, <laughs> with like want to, to, 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, what feels best is when I have like a worthy challenge that I believe in and I'm making progress towards it, but in a way that doesn't feel as um, intense that like, if I don't do this, like I'm going to fucking die. You know, there's, there's not like the fire that woke me up for years where it's like, holy shit, like this is fight or flight, you know, you have to fucking, so, so to me, it's like pulling out that focus and energy and passion and purpose, but in a way that like, you are aware of your crazy and can balance it. So for, for longevity, that's probably the piece too. It's like, yeah. I used to think in like six months, three months, six months, 12 months, like horizon, time horizons. And now I'm like, we're in a 10 year plan. Love this. Yeah. It's a much different frame, right? When you're not yeah. for your basic necessities anymore. So one of the things I'm curious about, cause this is something I've really struggled with is like, so when you start having success, you usually want to mentor the person that you were a long time ago, so on and so forth. And it, yeah. for me, like I have a huge heart for the underdog and I don't know if you have that as well, but like you talk about like leaving this idea where you're going to go work with empire builders only. Well, that kind of leaves maybe the part of wanting to serve the underdog, like left unfulfilled. Like, do you have that at all? And if so, like, how have you dealt with the fact that that, like you kind of realize you really only can help the empire builders. Yeah. So. I have very little of that left. I had a lot of that. <laughs> In when I started, and for years I had a lot of that, but that's one of the things that led me to the dead space that I entered for an entire year. It's the fact that I was trying to help every underdog, and I felt like everyone deserved time and help and resources. And one of the biggest learning factors that happened over that year is that I cannot want it more than they do. I cannot transfer the fire that I felt that grew me to who I am into someone else. And if that person is, and I, I, be, I believe that the under, everyone starts somewhere. Everyone's new it at some point in time. And so that's another reason why I have like so many tools systematized. If a new agent reached out to me and they're like, Hey, I'm interested in, in or sorry, investor, you know, I'm like, great here. Literally it's one link and it has the action steps to getting started in real estate. You know, the action steps to being a successful real estate investor go do it. Come back. Let me know when it's hundred percent. Do they come back? Most never. You know what I mean? But it's, it's my own, I'm helping using my systems and tool. I have the same thing for agents. And so I'm helping. And if they do it, if they really give a fuck, then they'll come back. You and know? Then, so that way you're only investing time in the people that have proven that they're willing to do the work. 100%. Exactly. And the ones, and you can hear it in their voice too. So something that's recent to me is that even if they're killing it though, doesn't mean that they're going to be the person who I'm going to want to spend my time with and share my energy with. Um, because there's like little trigger words, you know, like if, if they say the things that alludes to the fact that they don't have ownership over what happens or fails to happen in their life, like, nope. Or if, if they're not respective to feedback, like if there's like a, a high wall of like, Hey, I'm giving feedback that could be hurtful but it's not meant to be. I'm choosing, I want you to grow, but if they can't receive it, then that's another. And it's not that they're bad people. It's just, to me, it's like they're, they haven't done the self-development yet to realize that those things are meant for the growth. And therefore they, they need a little more time on the self-delve before we're ready. Right. hundred percent. So how honest are you with them? So let's say you discover like 
say someone that's maybe it's closer to you, right? It's a friend of a friend yeah. or even a, a friend from childhood and they come to you and you give them the link and, and they do some of the stuff and they come back and you just kind of recognize this person's not ready for feedback. Like how, how direct are you with them? Are you like, Hey, look, you're just not ready. You're like, are you just delivering it to them straight or what's that conversation look like? Dude, every answer I give you is it depends. This is like, am I a fucking politician? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, but it, so that really depends on their personality type. Um, so I, I'm like a, a chameleon in communication, you know, yeah. You see the people with all the emojis and the the smiley faces like that or the exclamation points. That's one way that you talk to people. And then there's the people who are very direct. And then there's the people who don't spell anything right. Like these are all different triggers to their personality type. And if they are direct, like I have straight up said, like, you're not ready. Like I've said that to people, but that's only to the people who speak in that language right or but if the people who are like much more like emotionally forward and like a little softer like i'll say it in a different way where it's like hey like i love and appreciate what you've done so far um go ahead if you could finish the rest or x y and give them another tool and at that point in time you know then we we can set a new scale but i'm, I'm not it's it just depends on the person so let's take a look. So you got the podcast, you got the meetups, you got the agent community, et cetera. You can only carry one of those things forward. Which one do you carry forward? Five pillars. For sure. That's the the agent community. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of the things you're doing with the podcast, right, are centered around reinforcing that community, growing that community. And then the investing meetups are really about providing opportunities for the people that are in that community, right? So it seems like these other two ideas they are feed. growth pillars and, and serving the existing community. Yes. How, sure. how valuable, like for someone that's, you know, either at an EXP or, or wants to grow brokerage, things like that, how valuable have those to the podcast and the Pints and Properties been? Like, has it been a game changer? It's very valuable. The, the, the meetup Pines and Properties has been around for much longer than the podcast for years. And even looking back now, I'm like so many of the agents who were attracted to our move and clients um, have been just through the, the meetup that was kind of like, it's almost like an in-person drip campaign where you, you get to market it and it's not salesy. You bring people in and then you can have this energy and personality and it's so much fun and you're with other people who get it and you're like on, the, you're in a fucking movement to transform into better people. And that just like brings in everything. Um, the podcast is much newer. We, I mean, dude, we started it like earlier this year, but to me that has been super fucking fun because I love to dig into other people's businesses and like, what are you doing for marketing? Like, how's your, what's your sales process look like? Like contract to close, like fucking tell me all of it, you know? What things have you learned or implemented from the podcast? Oh my gosh. Um, the biggest thing right now, and this is just kind of like my focus overall right now is the marketing piece of the puzzle. Um, Cause when I look back, this is hindsight 2020, whatever. I did a lot of my own business. Like I never paid for a lead. Like I did not even think about lead gen because I had, like I would talk, go to a meetup and I'd walk away with five fucking people ready to buy right now. Like it just, to me, I was like, what do you mean you have to focus on lead gen? You talk to people and then you have clients. And it, it wasn't until like years of experience and then reflection. And also my husband had a big part to do with it because he's done a lot of like wholesaling, like direct to seller. And it's, it's just this huge 
hurdle for most people is generating the business and it should be a machine. It should not be um, unpredictable. No, it's like either whether it's money or whether it's calls or whether it's door knocking or whatever the strategy, they all work. But the lead gen piece that I never had a problem with is my biggest fascination right now. So I'm trying to build it out. Yeah. Keep going. Well, we're working on this all-in-one platform um, for the Five Pillars Nation, where it's going to take, right now we have Slack and we have Google Drive and we have Trello and we have like too many fucking different things. And so working on an all-in-one platform that puts everything into, it's an app and it's also on your desktop, but we'll have all of our events, whether they're virtual or in-person, you can RSVP, you can charge, you know, through them, then it will have all of the courses built out and all this collaboration. But um, to bring it back to the marketing piece, within the courses that we're building out, the marketing, you know, marketing sales delivery, it's like the machine, right? You have to do it. So the, I'm, I'm collecting all this data and collecting experts. So that way, when we're building out these courses, which we're working on now, we can say, you know, Allie is an expert in Instagram. She's my co-host on the podcast. And so we can take her and she gets to build out her own course that she and then turn gets to market, bring in people, everyone has act, And it's just like, we're taking all of the experts and allowing them to build out their own fucking empires within it. Does that Love make it. sense? And is this something you're coding or is it a software you're picking? No, it's, um, I did a lot of research on what platform and I settled on, it's called Mighty Networks. Have you heard of it? I have, it, I haven't looked into it, but I've heard of it. It's like, I looked at, I did a couple one-on-ones with Kajabi, is that Kajobi, Kajabi, what is that one? And then I did Circle um, and like dug in a lot of them, but I'm, I'm excited with, with the one I selected, so. Which is incredible. So basically they become the experts and this is again, a vehicle for them to bring a lot of people into the fold, right? Yeah. Are they charging as well for outsiders or is it just only for five pillars? As of now, it's only for the Five Pillars Nation. Um, down the road, that is something that I've considered, especially like, you know, if, if Allie goes out, she's going to crush this course and there's going to people be people outside of our brokerage who want to be a part of it. So it's, it's definitely in there. It just hasn't unfolded yet. So is it kind of like something where it's, it's paid to somebody outside, but free to somebody inside, or is it still paid inside? No, it's, it's going to be free to those inside and paid for those outside. And so for those that are inside, do they get access to all experts in the five pillars network? Yes. Yeah. So was that a hard sell to everybody in there? Like, Hey, you're going to offer your course to all these people that are maybe not directly in your downline. (laughs) Yeah, dude, it's so funny. Um, I haven't had the whole conversation with all of them yet. So it, it hasn't, I don't think it will be just because when they bring people into, they get access to the other experts. You know what I mean? So it's like if you withhold your your course, then then everyone else is gonna withhold theirs. And then then that brings on like scarcity and like this whole and like we're very much a anti-scarcity type of organization. Hundred percent. And a lot of the people at the top of your downlines, I mean, these people that are experts, usually by the time you become an expert, most people have rid themselves of scarcity. Yeah. Uh, just via the fact that once you're successful, usually it becomes even much more natural to be abundant. Totally. Totally agree. So what's your vision for your life and business the next 12 to 18 months? Yeah, I, I think about that. Um, 
And it's very much the same track that I'm on now. <laughs> and yeah, because I mean, two days ago, Steve Rosenberg was at our Pints and Properties here in Charlotte and was talking about like envisioning your dream life. And like my husband and I got home and we we're like, what were you thinking about? And like, truly, I fucking love what I'm doing right now. Like, I don't have to deal with bullshit. I am super energized by, like, what we're building and who I'm sharing time with. And, like, it just feels so fucking good. And I have plenty of, like, you know, the variety, like, scheduled into for trips and all the things. So, like, I don't I don't want to change anything right now. I think it looks very much similar to what it is right now. Awesome. Well, Shelby, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing all this knowledge. And I, I just love how you shared like the real you, the identity, all of these things that you've gone through. I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this. So guys, write down something you learned, whether it's maybe you're not living your best life right now. Maybe you're not doing the things that are leading to business, but whatever it is, write down something you learned from today, share it with somebody you know, so they can hold you accountable. Sweden is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 